and a very warm welcome from wherever you are. Here we are yet again. This is the New Life Program coming to you live from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Eric Kevuti. Do stay tuned for a great show. Thank you for choosing our station. Today on Family Life, Lydia Achieng joins us to tell us more on honoring each other. Thereafter, Pastor Obed Soiri will be coming in during the Bible segment with the topic, Discouragement. But before we do that, let's first get the song, Njooni Nyote Tumimbie, by Golden Gate Square. Sit tight and enjoy. Njooni Nyote Tumimbie Tumasifu Yesu Tumani
Welcome back dear listener. That was Njoni Nyota Tumwimbie by Golden Gate Square. You are listening to the new life program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. And now on Family Life, Lydia Acheng joins us with more on honoring each other. Stay tuned. Hello, dear listener. Welcome to today's Family Life program. I'm your presenter, Lydia Aching. Today's topic is honoring each other. Sprinkled throughout scripture is a concept we feel is at the heart of all truly loving relationships. In fact, the biblical concept of honor is one of the most powerful tools a husband or wife can use to carve out a lasting and intimate marriage. In scripture, wives are told to give honor to their husbands. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 33 and husbands to give honor to their wives 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 7 what do we mean by honor that's a good question that was posed by Gary Smalley and John Trent in the book Husbands and Wives which unfortunately is no longer being printed we encourage you to read what else they say on this subject which prayerfully will help you in your marriage what do we mean by honor Perhaps the best way to illustrate what the word means is to look at its opposite. In the Old Testament, the word dishonor literally means to give something little or no weight or value. Dishonoring people then means treating them as if they are or what they have to share has little value. Dishonoring actions in a marriage may start with a critical word, an angry glance, or a statement that devalues a person's feelings or opinions this may not provoke a major problem at first dishonor may settle like a mist over the relationship so light that neither partner notices the change in climate but if left unchecked one day that mist of devaluing words and actions may build up and turn into a blanket or fog it may then create physical emotional and spiritual problems and even jeopardize the marriage How can we avoid dishonoring our loved ones and begin to honor them instead? We can get a handle on honoring our spouses by looking at an important aspect of the word honor. Throughout scripture, giving people honor involves recognizing that they have great worth and then treating them like a valuable treasure. The word itself denotes placing a great price, weight, or significance on something. How does my treating my spouse like a valuable treasure draw us together? One of our favorite verses reads Where your treasure is there your heart will be also Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 In other words what we treasure is what we have feelings for The more we treasure God the greater our desire to spend time in his word and in prayer The more we treasure our spouses and treat them like valuable gifts from God the greater our positive feelings toward them will be We can picture it this way If you had a priceless vase that had been in the family for years, you would go to great lengths to protect and care for it. You'd put it in a prominent place in your home and set up in direct light to highlight its beauty. You wouldn't think of picking up a priceless vase and shaking it or throwing it around like a frisbee. Instead, you would treat it with tenderness and gentleness because it was so valuable to you. 
Now stop and ask yourself a few important questions. On a scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is of little value and 10 equals highest value, how highly do you value your spouse? Do you treat him or her like a special treasure God has entrusted to you? Other than your relationship with the Lord, are there things in your life or home that you consider more valuable than your spouse, your job, or even TV? If your spouse were asked to stand up in front of your closest friends and share how highly he or she felt valued by you, what rating would he or she mention? In any relationship, there will be times when we are tempted to lower our spouse's value below where it should be. However, when we make a decision to grant honor to our spouses, to recognize them as people of great value and then treat them like priceless treasures, we go a long way towards strengthening our marriages so that they can survive such times. Do you need practical examples of what it means to honor your spouse? Here are just a few ideas to get you started. Be interested in her friends. Ask his opinion frequently. Be gentle and tender in your tone of voice and touch. Avoid sudden changes without discussing or giving the other person time to adjust. Follow through on promises. Set and keep specific family goals for each other for each year. Go on a romantic outing, surprise her with a card or flowers, defend him before others, keep your spiritual life in shape. Don't ever say in anger you're just like your mother. You can waste hours on a hundred different things, but you'll never waste one minute putting honor into practice in your most important relationships. Do yourself and your spouse a favor. Give him or her a gift that can continue to bless both of you for a lifetime, the gift of honor. Keep in mind that when we hurt each other, we are hurting our God and hurting the testimony of Christ. When we dishonor one another, we dishonor God and dishonor the testimony of Christ. When we act unloving and unchristlike to each other, we are hurting the living picture of Christ that God wants to display through us. After all, How will the world view the transforming love of Christ if we aren't showing the love and grace of Christ toward one another in our marriages? Even if your spouse doesn't treat you in the same way, realize that whenever you give honor to your spouse, you're giving it as unto the Lord. This material is provided courtesy of Marriage Missions International. Until next time, God bless you. For those who are joining us, this is the New Life Program with me, Eric Kivuti, coming to you live from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. If you wish to drop your views, comments, or questions about the show, you can do so through the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us at awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org. Now for some song. Here is Yesu ni Mchungawangu by Golden Gate Square. Chama ji masuri uongoza na roho yangu 
For staying tuned. Right about now, Pastor Obed Soyiri joins us for the Bible segment. He'll be talking about discouragement. Be blessed. Dear listener, I want to take this moment to welcome you to our program today. I also want to especially thank you for joining us. I'm your presenter today, Pastor Obed Soire. Today, I wish to tackle a topic with you, a very, very significant and important topic that we all deal with, and that is the topic of discouragement. But before we go any further, let's take a moment and invite Jesus to be a part of our program today. Shall we pray together? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for the fact that you know every time we face discouraging situations in our lives. And the only way we can find comfort and strength is in coming to you and experiencing your love. So teach us this today in Jesus' name. Amen. So, discouragement. The question I have for you here today is, have you ever been discouraged? 
Or have you ever met someone who has really, really been discouraged? I'm sure the answer to that question is an affirmative answer, and that is yes. Because discouragement is something that we all face in life. And in fact, I want to go further to suggest to you that the feeling of discouragement is perhaps the most difficult battle that any person will have to deal with. It is a challenge that is very, very difficult to handle, especially if you have to deal with this situation alone. In fact, we are most vulnerable in our Christian walk or in life generally to the enemy of souls when we are dealing with discouragement. The devil knows that we are easy targets when we are discouraged. There's an interesting story that I once heard about how the day came when the devil ran out of business. He just couldn't keep doing what he'd been doing. And so what he did, as any business that runs out of business in town, he calls people and tries to liquidate his assets and move out of town. And so he sent word around and people came. And uh, he said he was going to hold an auction and sell his all his belongings. And so when everybody had arrived and the auction had started, he, of course, got rid of one thing after the other until one point came that everything had been sold except one small thing. In fact, it took one man that was standing right behind the hall to pick out something that was under the table. And he shut up his hand and said, Hey, mister, what is that under that table? There's a small bag there. Are you also going to sell that one too? And the devil quickly stooped and grabbed the bag to himself and said, No, I cannot sell this. I cannot get rid of this. Because if I do sell this, then that means I'm really, really done. And so everybody in the room, you can imagine, they were all curious. And so they all asked him, What is in that bag? What is there that is so important to you? And you know what the devil said? I guess you guessed it right. He said, I have the spirit of discouragement in this bag because I know when I use this on any person, and successfully so, they're always going to be very, very vulnerable. The Apostle Paul understood the power of discouragement over Christians. In fact, when he wrote the epistle to the Ephesians, Paul himself was in prison. And when you understand the background to the writing of this epistle, you begin to understand that uh, he was struggling with his own sense of discouragement. You can imagine being in prison, you're an apostle, and you're here struggling with the fact that uh, you're serving God and yet you are put in prison. But not only was Paul himself in discouragement, but he also knew that the Christians that he had sort of uh, had an influence over were also going to face a lot of discouragement. You can put yourself in their shoes. Be a part of the Ephesians for a moment and be there and think, if the Apostle Paul, a man of God, was in prison, how come God did not come through for him? How come he is in prison and yet he was serving the living Jesus Christ? So you can imagine how the devil could use that situation to put a spirit of discouragement in the hearts and lives of the Ephesian church. 
So it was not just a trying moment for Paul himself, but also for the Ephesians. They were all discouraged. But Paul sought to address this situation to them when he got to the third chapter of the book of Ephesians, and you get to the twelfth verse, and he goes on to say this, listen. In him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Then he goes to verse 13, he goes on to say, I ask you therefore not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Verse 14 now starts to give them a solution to this spirit of discouragement. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And so if you read those verses that I've just read, you realize that Paul is suggesting that the solution to discouragement is twofold. Number one, you've got to experience the power that Jesus Christ has to give to strengthen your inner man, your inner being. Because oftentimes when we are discouraged, we are struggling with a lack of strength. The will to go on in life is just taken out. But the gospel of this message is this, that God has the ability to strengthen our hearts and our inner beings through his spirit. And then the second thing he says is this, that we ought to have the power to understand and experience the fullness of the love of Jesus for ourselves. When we know that we are fully accepted before God, we are fully acceptable and we have full access to him, we know that we can always run to him and find full acceptance at any moment we are discouraged in our lives. And so my suggestion to you this morning is whatever situation you find yourself in, maybe you have a difficult financial situation, maybe your marriage is not working through and you're so discouraged, maybe your children have not taken the path that you wished for them to take in life, and, and whatever it is, maybe you have, you're out of a job, uh, maybe you have a health situation that is so discouraging, my prayer for you today is that you would find strength in the presence of God and that you would know and experience the fullness of the love of Jesus for your life. And through that, the spirit of discouragement would be overcome, and soon enough, you'll have the strength and the will to go an extra mile. That's my prayer for you today. In Jesus' name, amen. for staying tuned throughout the show. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. Don't forget to send your views, suggestions, or questions about the show through the Producer Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 01100, Nairobi, Kenya. Email us at awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org.
Oh, oh, oh. 